everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. I think the fact that people even think about doing it is incredible. You know, like, I think that there's so much pressure on people to be perfect, to have this perfect exercise routine, to have this perfect, like, mindfulness routine. If you don't meditate, then you're not doing enough. If you're not, you know, there's people just have so much pressure to do so much. And I feel like trying to do less is actually better, or not better, but just maybe a step forward for what people might be looking for. And I think at the end of the day, people just want to be happy. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for being here on the Hotter Than Health podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome and make sure you hop over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast so it can keep growing. Today is an amazing episode. You know, every Thursday we bring a interview or a conversation with a you know, provocative topic within the health industry, within the wellness, beauty, fitness, all that good stuff. But today specifically, uh, the industry we're talking about is fitness, Pilates, low impact movements, and how it's so beneficial for our lives. We have an amazing guest today. We have Jackie Kingswell. I'm so excited to have Jackie on. Jackie is the co-founder and director of the Pilates class. If you haven't heard of this, it is an online Pilates class and they have hundreds of different options. I've been doing this for the past few months. That's why I reached out to her. I wanted to see all about her story, how this came to be, and how it got got so successful, especially when, you know, the whole world shut down. So we go into her story of how she lost her job and how she has used this passion and kind of just this knowing and intuitiveness that this is where she should be, this is what she should be doing. So we have Jackie on the podcast today and we have a beautiful conversation. She is based in Australia and of course I am here in Charleston, South Carolina. So it was over Zoom, but hopefully someday I'll get out there and we can have a one-on-one in-person conversation. Um, If you have not been listening with us on the podcast. Just know that every Thursday we bring a provocative topic and we dive into one specific topic or we have a conversation with a thought leader and someone who is an expert in their field. So I'm so excited for this conversation. And if you are already a follower of the Pilates class, they have over 150,000 followers on Instagram just for their fitness platform, which is outrageous. So If you're into fitness or if you are someone who goes to the gym and doesn't quite know what to do or you've just been trying to find something that suits your body a little bit more, maybe what you're doing is pretty intense, maybe you have hormonal issues, maybe you are trying to lengthen and tone, this is the episode for you. We go into the nitty gritty of why Pilates is so beneficial. This is for men, women, children, teenagers, it doesn't matter your age. This is a class that anybody can take. Um, And I love it because anytime I take this class, I'm still burning like hell and I can still feel that shake 
and you can also kind of feel like your butt is plump afterwards, which is nice. It's not just one of those, you know, slow moving, non-burning yoga classes where you're just kind of stretching, which is great sometimes, but I still kind of like to feel the burn, you know? So we'll get into that in just a moment, but before we do, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the podcast. It is such a fantastic way to make sure you don't miss an episode and for us to keep growing right? So Hotter Than Health is up and to the right, but we want to make sure we continue to do that. If you're listening right now on your cell phone, take a quick screenshot, tag Hotter Than Health and Eliza G underscore wellness. And you can also tag the Pilates class. And I bet they would love to see everyone hearing all about one of their co-founders. It's so exciting. So Also, one quick announcement. If you are familiar with my services, just make sure if you are interested in some one-on-one nutrition programming and counseling, you can book a free strategy call on my website. It's 30 or 40 minutes and we'll figure out if it's a good fit to work together, whether you are dealing with stubborn weight loss or you have hit a plateau, you're eating really healthy and you kind of just don't know where to go from there. A lot of the times when I'm dealing with clients, we tap into the main reasons why they are reaching for certain foods, um, some of the small habits that they had no idea were impacting them, and we can kind of go all over the place with the options that we have. So make sure you book a strategy call if you are interested. If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. But if it is, then I'm so excited to work with you and I'll be taking on four or five clients for the next month. All right. Without further ado, I'm so excited to bring you this interview about the Pilates class with Jackie Kingswell. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast. Thank you for being here. Now, before we talk all about business and Pilates, I want to hear, Jackie, about your childhood, how you grew up and where your initial influences came from. So take us all the way back. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on this podcast today. I'm so excited. This is my first ever podcast that I am being on, so I'm so excited to be here. So back to my childhood. Um, So I basically grew up in Melbourne, Australia, and my dad is a builder and we grew up on basically in the country on a lot of land which was so much fun because as a child I just got to run around the property building cubby houses Um, I was riding motorbikes as a kid jumping on trampolines and it was the best fun um, because my imagination could literally just run wild and I have a lot of memories growing up of playing with my siblings I have an older brother and an older sister but also just playing on my own you know like I would just imagine that there was fairies in my garden and like have a full story going on that I actually tell to my nieces right now as well I like tell them that I had a fairy garden and I had like little fairy wings and everything we grew up with fairy houses as well we had small fairy houses in the woods Yep. They, everyone had names and personalities and cities. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky that I got to, that I, that I got to grow up like on land and just be outside in nature a lot, you know, like I would go to school, I would either come home and um, play outside or I would be out at my dance school doing ballet. (laughs) One of the two. 
So you mentioned before we started recording anything, I think that it's important to say, like if people if people sell you just based on social media or they don't know you, but they just see your presence, they would never think, okay, this girl rides dirt bikes and she gets dirty and she has this adventurous <laughs> side, but clearly it takes someone adventurous to start their own company and all these big things. So what is like the craziest childhood story that you have growing up? So basically like I had so many crazy stories because so we, my mom and dad bought a block of land and my dad's a builder. So we basically lived in a shed for five years. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but so much fun. And my dad shed. Did, okay, so it was literally a shed. And my dad built like, like two, it had two rooms in it. So my brother and my sister and I were in one tiny room and we had like a bunk bed and then this, like it could fit like a single bed next to it. And that's literally how big the room was. And then we had like a little fireplace in the shed and, um, you know, bathroom and everything, but it was in a shed. Um, And we lived there for five years whilst my dad built our family home. And my grandma lived in the shed but in a tent (laughs) what yeah so she lived in like this tent just outside like but still underneath the shed and then my dad would like he was still like working at the time as a builder but then he would like come home and build our family home so like growing up there were times where like my mom always tells this story when I was like five years old she lost me and I was like up on the double we had a double double story house and I was like up in the roof and I'd like (laughs) fallen asleep in the roof because I would go up and like help my dad build the house (laughs) and I would have like gumboots and he'd be like on the tractor and we'd be like you know shoveling up the dirt and so um yeah, growing up in my family home was just so much fun because there was so many incredible memories. So I think like that, that was pretty special. Um, and then we were just laughing before we started recording the podcast because my dad, when I was five as well, he bought me a motorbike and he was like teaching me how to ride because my brother raced motorbikes and then my sister did ballet. So I did both. Because I like wanted to be like my older siblings. And I think my dad was like, I mean, my parents never pushed me to do anything. They were just happy to, for me to do whatever I wanted to do. But I think my dad was hoping that I would race motorbikes. And then my mom was hoping that I would do dancing. And I ended up just obviously doing dancing. Um, but I would just come home from school and like ride my little motorbike around the house or I would like be jumping on the trampoline or building, you know, a little cubby house with my with my brother. And yeah, I have a lot of memories like just playing on my own as well around around my family home um, as a child. So I feel like I, yeah, I had a really amazing childhood just basically being outside Um, I love that you're truly, I feel like when I ask that question, people are automatically looking for trauma 
or, you know, something. And that's, and that's fine. And that's normal. And that's a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. But I think that it's so beautiful and refreshing to hear someone really appreciate the, the creativity and the adventure and the space that they're given by their parents, not just physically, but it sounded like they were totally supportive of whatever you wanted to do. And, they trusted you and they let you build your own instincts. Yeah. I mean, my, I'm so lucky and my parents were so, they're so selfless. Like they really did do everything for us kids. Um, and, you know, we didn't travel a lot. Like we, my parents have never been overseas before. I mean, sorry, that's a lie. They have actually been overseas because they went to see my sister in uh, the US. But when I was a child, they had never been overseas. Um, And so we would take like little family vacations around Australia. And, you know, we would get in the car and like go camping and whatever my parents had, they would give to us kids. And so like they basically, you know, I didn't go to a private school or anything. I just went to a little public school in the town that I grew up. Um, but I went to a really good dance school. And um, obviously I am where I am today because of my parents. And they really did just give everything to to all of us, my, my brother and my sister as well, so that we could do what we truly loved. And for me, it was dancing. So Um, They worked really hard so that they could provide us with a beautiful family home and then be able to do what we love. That's amazing. And, Mm -hmm. and that is just the life of a parent and the story that resonates with so many is just feeling like whether you are a parent or your parents are still around, I feel like it's just so nice to fully appreciate everything that they've done and see it and see it come full circle. That's amazing. And Thanks for sharing all of that. And I'm telling you, fairy houses were the way to go. My sister is, she's having a little girl later this year. And I'm just so excited for all the little fairy stories and all those good things. So I'm sure people can resonate. Um, So let's take it from there. You mentioned, okay, you're doing uh, these amazing dance classes and you're in a great dance school, really committing yourself to that. So you're obviously a Pilates instructor and you're more than a Pilates instructor, you're a designer of a type of movement that is Pilates, but seems so different. I've taken a number of the classes on the Pilates class. It's different. There's more rhythm to it than a normal Pilates class. There's some type of finesse that I can't really figure out. And it's also, you are incredible at dictating and cueing people on what to do. I've taken a ton of classes. I'm in the fitness industry. I've been all over and it's interesting to see that you are in the minds of people taking the class. You're, you're automatically telling people when to, when to like tuck or when to pull their rib cage forward. You're cueing these things that I've never heard before that sounds so intuitive actually. So can you talk about your, you know, your pastime and your interest in fitness and how that's evolved and made you become so interested in health and fitness well the way that you just described that is so kind and nice so thank you and I'm so happy that you're on the platform doing the classes of course Um, they're awesome that's why I reached out to you I was like these classes are so good it was one after the other I was like I have to talk to her (laughs) oh thank you so much well 
I mean, I guess it comes back to my dance training. You know, I was in a studio since I was three years old and I grew up with so many different teachers and mentors. And if you think about the time that I've spent in a studio over my entire life, it's, it is so much time. And so working on my body, but not only just the body, like I started doing meditation when I was 12 years old I had this teacher come in and she yeah she taught me meditation I didn't really know at the time what it was but she did this like visualization meditation with all of you know the students in the class and um it really did bring something so more to my dance practice that's kind of like when I realized okay it's more than just like a movement it's a it's like mind body and soul and so I guess I have kind of implemented all of the practices that teachers and mentors have taught me over the years mixed with my own and I have created the Pilates class and the the workouts that we do on the platform based off you know some of my favorite things that I have learned over the years so and it doesn't I, feel like ballet it doesn't feel intimidating like I have to know what first position is you'll reference things like that once in a while but I I never feel like oh this would be so much easier if I was a dancer or this would be so much easier if but it it just makes you stay so present so that's so interesting that you grew up meditating do you still meditate yeah yeah it's a huge part of my practice it's yeah it's just as important as my you know workouts on the platform what are some of your favorite types of meditation or platforms for meditation so I like to do a lot of different meditations like when I first started meditating I would do quite a lot of like visualization and then um, right now I'm practicing mindfulness it depends really on the day. Like some days I'll do a love and kindness meditation. Um, my husband, Fresh, he really does, like he's pre- he's probably more disciplined than me with meditation. Like he's day and night, every single day. Um, That's hot. So, yeah, it's really good. And he, he really does motivate me to, to sit down and like stop, especially because I think with everybody, you know, there's so much going on. And I feel like you wake up and then there's just, you know, your phone's there. So straight away, your mind is active. And then maybe you'll, you know, wake up and you work out, but you're still like, on and then you go to work or maybe you have kids and it's just this constant day of being so heightened that you don't have those moments where you just stop and I think for me like meditation is that time that and it's definitely not like enjoyable every day like some days I'm like I do not want to meditate and I do not want to saying that (laughs) like I'm like I don't want to do this at all like this does not feel nice i I can't be bothered, like, you know, but I really do have to, like, pull that discipline from within and be like, Jackie, sit down (laughs) and meditate. But it is a time of, like, you know, again, like, growing up, I had so much time just being on my own, and I do really love my own company, and I think that's something that is so important to work on is enjoying the time that you have with yourself and really 
just like being a friend to yourself, like loving who you are. It's definitely doesn't come just easy for me either. Like it is a daily practice, but I think it's so important to like be comfortable within your own body and love who you are. And I think when you do meditate or when you do a Pilates class, like that is time with yourself to fully like explore what's going on and to tune in. And I think it comes back to what you were saying before is like, that whole concept is what the Pilates class is. You know, it's a time that like the second that I step on my mat is a time that I, it's like my time with me, my body, my mind, my soul. And it's a time to just fully explore what's going on because every single day is different and not every day I want to get on my mat and that's fine. Some days I can't wait and some days I really need it. And then other days I you know, we'll have this intention where I'm like, I'm going to do like a hit workout and, you know, go crazy. And then I might just end up stretching or just sitting in child's pose. Intuition. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really like tuning into what your body needs and what your mind needs. And I think like when you start to like get a bit more insight into that, I think that's when it becomes easier to actually do those daily practices because, that's when it does start to feel good and it's like you can explore what's going on in your mind and your body I have a question for you this is you you might have to think about this for a second or it could just be top of mind I think that you said something huge earlier you said you have to get used to being with yourself um minimizing distractions and you said I really love to be in my own presence in my own company Can you, on a micro-specific level, say, okay, in your head, what are some of the things that you're saying? Because this is why I think some people find it almost too challenging or it's tough to start a meditation practice or a low-intensity something practice. I think people are a little bit scared to sit with themselves. I think that they would also, and I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this, I would be terrified to look at myself in the mirror and say, I love you. I love this about you. So what are on a specific micro level, what are some things that you would say to yourself that might spark some creativity or for some self-love for someone? I think the fact that people even think about doing it is incredible. You know, like, I think that there's so much pressure on people to be perfect, to have this perfect exercise routine to have this perfect like mindfulness routine if you don't meditate then you're not doing enough if you're not you know there's people just have so much pressure to do so much and I feel like trying to do less is actually better or not better but just maybe a step forward for what people might be looking for and I think at the end of the day people just want to be happy but I think a lot of people do need more self-love, like you're saying. And I think that there's no expectation on what is right. And I think that if you choose to step on your mat or if you choose to sit down for even 30 seconds, you've done an amazing thing. And I don't think that, like, you have to fully complete a meditation or 
have this expectation to do a whole week or a whole year of meditating every single day. Like it's okay if some days you wake up and you don't do it. Or it's okay if you have thought about it, but you haven't even tried it yet, because the fact that you are even thinking about it is amazing. And I think just lowering expectations is a way to start. Like, try and just give yourself a little bit of a break, you know, like people Tell yourself, doing- hey, you're doing great. <laughs> Yeah. And even that can be hard sometimes, you know, like just to give yourself a bit of encouragement. But I think that that's when you have other people as well, like the people that you surround yourself with, um, you know, that can give you a compliment that maybe you can't give yourself one day. And I think it's important for like humans to also, you know, give ourselves love, but also to really give other people that love as well. And to give a stranger a compliment or to say to a coworker you're doing really great or to check in with a friend like you know the things that we're craving other people are probably craving as well so I think it's important to like look in towards like what you need but then also give what you need to others I and I think that. it then creates this ripple effect you know I think that's also a really easy way, not easy way, but it's a really good jumping off point because it, it still gives you a task. You know, it's people, people like tasks. People like to be able to check something off their list and feel satisfied. But if you say, go sit down and do nothing, it's way harder. So I like that you're, it's almost delegating a task that will like boost your serotonin levels and you'll feel happy and it helps you kind of get back to that home base that you want to feel. That's a really great, that's great. And I I think like when you start a routine as well, like a lot of people do thrive from routines. And I think like the smallest thing, like waking up in the morning and making your bed, that is an achievement. Like that's, that's like, okay, no matter what happens today, I've done something, I've made my bed and it could be as small as, you know, a task as that, but like you should, I feel like it's important to reflect in the morning and at nighttime, you know, so like no matter what happens in the day at night, you can reflect and and think like, well, I'm getting into a really nicely made bed (laughs) because I made it. There's and that's really, something that I did. <laughs> that's really, even in hotels, I always make the bed. I'm like, I'd like to know that, well, actually that's a lie. Usually it is made for me if I leave, but it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I like to get up in the morning and I don't like to just be disheveled, but I completely agree. If, if you give yourself that one little bit of achievement in the morning or that one little tick of you, you made a commitment to yourself and you kept it. And that helps you keep doing that throughout the day. That's so brilliant. Mm -hmm. But I also think that like, if you don't do it, it's also okay. Like if I'm in a hotel room, I might like pull the doona over, but I'm like, I'm probably not going to make my bed today because I always do it. So I'm just going to like relax a little. And the days that I like maybe don't do it, do whatever. I always do make my bed. I have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) When, if I set out to do something, like maybe I am like, oh, I'm going to work out like this afternoon. And then if I don't do it, and this has been years and years and years of practice of like not feeling guilty for something that like you said that you were going to do, but didn't. Um, And when I say you, I'm talking to me. (laughs) 
I know that feeling. It's so, especially, especially you have this, I mean, your life is fitness, your life is Pilates, your life is, you know, showing people how to do these moves. So of course it's almost that pressure of, oh, don't you do this every single day, twice a day? You know, you're also a human being. (laughs) Um, That was, that was one of my questions. This is a little bit of a segue, but one of the questions I did have in this I think is a definite projection of me. Um, But I had been working in the fitness industry for the past like six years and I love it so much, but I was coaching really, really high intensity classes, loud music, dark rooms, intense, and being in the moment, it was fantastic. And, And having a lot of that attention and people really gravitating to me because they, I, I could help them. That was really lovely. But I, when I left, I could not do that class. I cannot do these classes. Like I couldn't have a workout that was the same intensity as my life outside of my job. Quick interruption to introduce you to our show's sponsor today. We have Tayonin. As you guys know, I have been kind of cutting back on my caffeine and my coffee lately. It was just too much for my anxiety. I knew that I just needed a reset. So introduce Tayonin. So Tayonin is a functional mushroom slash probiotic, amazing drink beverage. You guys, these are instant beverages. They come in a pack and they are really cute branding, by the way. Well done, Taonin. But you guys, I've been doing the matcha. They have turmeric, they have ginger, they have a coffee substitute. And I'm telling you, if you are considering um, starting your morning with something a little bit better for your health, these also have a probiotic in them. So if you're one of those people that always forgets to take their probiotic, this is your best friend. So you guys can use this in the morning, noon, night, super low caffeine, and some of them are caffeine free. Some of my favorite things about them is that they are USDA organic, they're vegan, GMO free, gluten free, and sugar free. So if we're talking organic, we're talking vegan and sugar free. These are right up my alley. And did you guys know if you're drinking coffee every single morning, did you know that coffee is one of the most heavily sprayed with pesticide crops? And I just don't fuck with that. It's not good for us. It's not good for the earth. You guys, switch over to Tayon and make sure you guys are checking it out. I definitely recommend trying the matcha. So for my listeners, I want to make sure you guys get the best deal. Go to T-E-O-N-A-N.com. Again, T-E-O-N-A-N.com and use the code H-T-H at checkout for 15% off and make sure you check out the matcha. And my mind was just too busy. Have you ever felt or not felt any type of resentment or Have you ever really struggled to get to the mat because you just feel like you're too in it? Well, or gone through phases. Okay. So I totally understand what you're saying with like the really intense classes that you were in. And then like, when you step out, you're like, whoa, this is like crazy. I just can't keep doing that. And it's great that you have that insight because you really obviously did just listen to your body, which I think is amazing. And I think that I I was really lucky to have that realization at a young age because I started doing Pilates when I was 12 years old as well with with my dance training. It was side by side. So uh, the teacher at the time, uh, the owner of the dance school that I was at, he introduced Pilates because he realized that, you know, this was amazing exercise to help enhance our performance. Um, on stage so we started doing Pilates and I was doing it like 
five times a week for a year before like I really understood what it was about and I remember like doing all these crazy dances almost like the hit classes on stage and my adrenaline would be crazy and then like I would be going so hard and then I'd come off stage and I would just like have this big low and I would be like oh my god my body is just like really sore my mind is like it feels like I'm exhausted, like everything's just been sucked out of me. And I think that with Pilates, it's a movement that gives you energy. And so I think like choosing choosing a workout um, and movement that is going to serve you and to give you energy is really important. And I think, again, it comes back to this like expectation. And, you know, we a lot of the time people may think that they have to do these really intense workouts to like, depending what your goal is, it might be like, because mentally your mind like needs to like have this intense workout to switch off. Or maybe it's because you have a certain body type that you want to achieve, whatever it is, it's probably based off like what we think we should be doing. But I think like once we just stop and take all of that away and think, well, what do I actually need? Like, what does my body need? And what does my mind need? You will then choose the right exercise for you. And like some days I do still want to go really hard and I want to be like jumping around and like sweating and like, you know, like going crazy on the mat. You still have those options. I did a five minute energy booster where there were jumping around. There was like a couple jumps. There were squat jumps. There were star jumps. And that was perfect for me. It wasn't crazy, but I felt energized afterwards. I really did. You're right. I think that's, I think that's, there is a big movement now of like people doing what, what serves them. And I think the Pilates class has been, you know, so amazing for so many people because every single person on the platform is different and every day is different. And there's so many options, like you said, um, for people to choose from. And I think like, that's why you can do these classes for the rest of your life because they will always serve you no matter, you know, your age, what's happening in the day. Like if you've had any injuries, if you haven't, if you're like a a super fit person, if you've never exercised before, like there is literally something for everybody. And I think it's like that it's retraining the mind to stop and just like tune into what your body actually needs. Mm -hmm. With, I mean, obviously this goes into meditation. It goes into mindfulness and dedication to a practice that, you know, is very intuitive. So when you are, I want to hear about your routines and things that I truly am a big believer in. If you're, if you are considered more of a creative, like Mm -hmm. you have a mind that maybe just works differently you know, and I think that it's one of those things that's tough to explain, but you kind of just know if you're one of those creatives, but the, I think people really do thrive in routine completely. So can you walk us through your morning routine and your evening routine? I have to know this and, and to tack onto it just to get super micro, how do you like first, if you had advice for someone who doesn't necessarily have a fresh, is that your husband's name? 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if let's say for instance, someone listening doesn't have a partner who's interested in establishing mm. a routine or they are like, I don't need mindfulness and they're just scrolling. It's fine. But so how do you, um, tell us about your morning and evening routine and then how would you start to implement some small things to get started? Okay. Great question. I love this. I have have a pretty particular morning and nighttime routine. So um, in the morning I will wake up and I will journal. I don't look at my phone straight away. It's not the first thing that I do. I'll wake up and I'll just like roll over, say hi to fresh. And then basically I will wait, I will journal. So I write down like it could be anything. Sometimes I might do like three things that I'm grateful for, or it might just be like an affirmation for the day or something that like an insight, anything like I'm grateful for, or today is a good day, or I'm going to be kind today. It doesn't really matter. Like I'm grateful for coffee, whatever it is, I'll just write something down. And then usually I will wake up and I will work out. So I'll get on the mat. I'll do a Pilates class, um, which will be some sort of movement. I always stretch at the end of my classes and then I need to get better about that. Yeah. It's so important. And that's like one thing that I want people to just really like, I can't emphasize how important stretching is in your day-to-day life. It's just as important as movement, if not more, especially now that we're all sitting so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And then I will meditate. So I'll just either lay on my mat or I'll sit down and I'll just take, I only meditate for like 10 minutes. Um, And I literally will just, sometimes I'll do a guided meditation or sometimes I'll just have no guided meditation at all. Mm -hmm. I'll just breathe, Um, do a body scan. We have like calm classes on um, the Pilates class as well. So it's similar to that. It will just be me sitting there scanning the body taking a moment sometimes I'll do a love and kindness whatever meditation it changes all the time Um, and then I basically will have my morning coffee get ready and then I start work got it got it nighttime routine is very particular (laughs) I'm writing everything down pen paper so nighttime routine my phone I have limits on my app so I'm only allowed on Instagram for an hour and a half a day my apps will close, will shut down at 8 p.m. At 7 p.m., I'll like get these blue light glasses that I put on. And if I'm like watching a series on Netflix or whatever, I've got my blue light glasses on. Then at like 9.30, 9.30 is like maximum. I'll like turn off any technology and I'll shower get ready for bed. Sometimes I'll have a bath with like magnesium salts and then I will get, go into my bedroom and I have like diffusers on with like lavender and everything and like dim light. No phones in my bedroom, like phone is out. It's put away for the night. Um, And then I will write down like something amazing that's happened that day. And then I will read and then I go to bed. Okay. Every night. Two things. What are you reading right now? And what? Okay, so I'm reading The Rosie Project. I'm going to link that in the show notes. Um, I like to read a lot of fiction. I do too. 
what do you do with your phone? So you leave it out of the room, but how do you wake up? Do you use a old fashioned alarm clock? So Fresh will have his phone in the room, but he doesn't look at it. He's like I said, he's sometimes more disciplined than I am. Um, and so he, I'll wake up with his alarm, but if like, if, if you don't have a partner, like you could totally keep your phone in the room, but I would just like, I would put the app limit on because it is the best thing ever. And at the start, I would like literally just click into my apps and I'd be like, whoa, and it wouldn't allow me to go in. It's crazy. So I definitely would recommend the app and you can customize it too. Like you could have it on it. It could come on at like 9 p.m. if, you know, it's too early or you could do it at like 7 p.m. And you could literally just switch off and you can still get calls and texts, but every other app is on a timeout and you can click into it, but it makes you like you can click into it and then you can, it can, it gives you the option of like open the app for one minute. And then it's like open the app for 15 minutes or you just can open the app for good. Like when I started the Pilates class, these, these like rules and routine, it totally went out the window. Like I had zero structure. I was like working 12 hours a day constantly like I would go to sleep thinking about Pilates I would dream about Pilates and then I would wake up thinking about Pilates it was crazy and I just didn't switch off I mean it was you know I feel like when you're starting a business it's like you're giving it your all um and I was so happy doing that at the time like I was just I still do I love work and I just look forward to it every day but I got to a point where I was like, okay, I am really needing to put like some boundaries into my life because I could feel myself just like going into this routine where I wasn't like being my best self. Mm-hmm. So can you talk yeah. to us and walk us through what it was like to build the Pilates class? What was, were you working at another studio and then all of a sudden, okay, I want to create my own. And then was it all about like creating a brand and an image and a strategy, or was it mostly just filming? Like, can you walk us through what that was like and what your mindset was a little bit? Yeah. So So I was a dancer for nine years professionally and that's all I ever wanted to do. It was my dream. I didn't have any other qualifications um, at the time. And then I basically was, I did all my teacher training for Pilates because I thought like, okay, this is a good transition into like what I could be doing next because I'm so familiar with it. And I started teaching in studios because I had basically gave up dancing I was like I'm done with this I want to do something else so Pilates was like a pretty like easy transition for me and I started teaching in studios and I absolutely loved it because I just loved teaching people you know and teaching them all the knowledge that I had and seeing them get something out of it and then I was still teaching at studios um, and then the pandemic hit and all of the studio shut down and I was in the car with Fresh and I was crying because I'd lost my job. Like every studio owner called me and they were like, we're so sorry, but like we've got to shut down. And I was not on a contract. So it was just like, you know, if you're there, then you get like paid for your for your class. But like if you're not there, 
we can't help you out. Yeah. So it was like, I literally was like, okay, all my income is just gone. And I was like crying in the car thinking like, how am I going to pay like my mortgage? Like, how are we going to live? And then Fresh was like, it's okay. Like if we have to go back to your family home, <laughs> we can. <laughs> like we'll go. But and this is a real conversation. That. This is so many people had this exact same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was crazy for so many people. And, um, and then it basically like very quickly, a lot of the studio owners were like figuring out how to go online, which I feel like a lot of companies just had to do. Um, and then I was so lucky because not every instructor was able to teach online, but I was asked to teach for multiple different studios. So I got to learn like how each studio handled like the transition and I basically started teaching in my apartment and I was filming the classes with my device I was creating the classes I was doing the classes I was uploading them and then I was like this I could I think I could do this like you know I'm kind of doing it now anyway so like I I think I could do this on my own and start something and so that's when the Pilates class um, basically started. I have a business partner who I was training at the time as, a, as my client and she just loved my classes. And, and basically like when the pandemic hit, she, she called me and said, like, I think that like we could do something together. And I was like, 100%, let's do this. So we, for a month, the two of us like sat and we, we created a business plan, um, and we came up with the Pilates class concept and then we launched it within a month and we had no idea. Like within what a with- month? Yeah, yeah. So um, before that I had like this cl- closed Instagram account that I was just like teaching classes on a closed Instagram account and I had this like Squarespace website that I was like, basically teaching on and then like from that it it evolved because we realized that like people were interested in this and I think like at that time it was like more than ever people needed that movement but it wasn't just movement it was you know for the mind body and soul and And it was beautiful you did it beautifully it's the the backgrounds are nice the there's no music that's distracting that you can't you know it's really mindful and like aesthetically pleasing too thank you yeah I mean it's been a crazy year it's been so amazing we just had our one year anniversary last week and I can't believe that it's been that it's only been a year but then like I look back and I'm like well so much has happened within that year Um, And it just like, I couldn't have imagined like at the time I had no idea that it would build into this beautiful community. Like the community on the Pilates class is like no other. The, The members that we have are just like, they're so passionate about the movement. They're so supportive of one another. And it truly is just like, it is, it is a dream. Like it sounds cliche, but it is such a dream. I was just listening to a podcast interview or a podcast with um, Lauren Everts. She 
mm. created the skinny confidential. I'm sure you've heard of it. She's just this yeah. incredible powerhouse of a woman. And she preaches so often about the importance of community, especially if you're trying to build a brand, typically it goes like community first and then a product or some type of business model coming out of it. But it's amazing that you did that. So with so much congruence that the community was built at the same time. And I think that that would never have happened if you didn't have every single bit of your background that humbled you and that brought you down to earth, it wouldn't be approachable to just go up to any fitness expert during the pandemic. Who's in panic mode. Like it just doesn't. Well, you that's have- huge compliment and I honestly have days where I'm like is this real like I'm like is this actually real like I can't believe it and I really do like the members I am in touch with every single day and I will either dm them on instagram or I'll talk to them on the facebook community group but I really do take all of the feedback from what the members have to say and then I will implement it into the classes and improve the platform from what our members want to see and it is literally a conversation and I do feel like I am part of the community with them like I will do if we do a challenge I'll do the challenge and when I'm doing the classes they'll actually look at me on the screen and I I look at myself as like another person. <laughs> You're like, damn, like, I will- she needs to get her layup higher. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you please stop? Sometimes like if Fresh and I are doing the classes, I'll like scream at the screen and be like, no, not one more rep. Like I'm burning here and I'll have to stop all the time on the mat. And and like our members will DM me and say like, how are you actually doing the classes right now? Like I'm burning, I have to stop. And I'm like, I get it because I'm doing it too. I don't know who that person is on the screen. You, when you like giggle or you laugh or I can hear your voice shake over the (laughs) mic, it it gives, I I go harder because I'm like, thank God she feels that way. I'm I'm with you. Trust me. I'm (laughs) there with you. I feel it. I'm burning. (laughs) That's so great. So I also love that, um, your husband does this with you. So I would like to, I have one final question for you. Well, two. So for someone who is in a wellness rut, so, you know, I don't, maybe they are hitting a weight loss plateau. Maybe they're just so overly stressed and they're putting pressure on themselves. They feel, I I hear this all the time that they feel like it has to be a certain type of workout in order for them to feel satisfied. So they would think that, oh, they just do a 38 minute Pilates class. That's not enough type of situation. So what would you say, what would your message to that person be? I feel like the hardest part of working out is, is the beginning getting on your mat. And there's a few things that you can do to really just help you get on the mat and work out. I think that it doesn't, it definitely doesn't have to be a 38 minute class. It could be five minutes. If you stand on your mat and you roll down and you go into a downward dog, that's amazing. You've accomplished something, you've stretched and like you've taken five seconds to yourself and you can go about your day. Like any movement is better than none. Even if like you're sitting at your desk and it's midday, you could do a five minute stretch. 
Like it doesn't have to be this crazy intense workout because it's not sustainable. Like you want to find a workout routine that you can do for the rest of your life. And I think it's so important to enjoy what you do, whatever workout that is. You might be really into boxing or some sort of football or whatever it is, like enjoy what you're doing. Don't do it because you think that it's what you should be doing. Do it because you want to be doing it. And once you find movement that you love, you're going to look forward to it and you're going to do it more. And then you will be able to do it for the rest of your life. You know, like doing for me, it's Pilates. And I know that I can do Pilates until I'm 70, 80, who, however old I get, I'll be doing Pilates you know, so find movement that you love, even if it's putting on your favorite song and jumping around your lounge room and just having a little dance, that's your thing. And that's okay. But yeah, it really is about like, just tuning into what makes you happy. And if you don't know what that movement is, and you don't know what's going to make you happy, just try something. I think that's a big issue is that not issue, but I, uh, a common factor with a lot of people is that they, they know how they want to feel, but they don't know how to get there. But I think that so often we're flooded by social media and influencers and what we should be doing or people with who are just super genetically blessed that are doing whatever they want to be doing. And that's fine. And yeah you know, that's really challenging, but I think that overall, we're always just chasing a feeling. So that's, I mean, you've got to an incredible place, obviously, because you know what your body needs. And so you're at that point where you can choose which class is going to serve you. And I, the one thing that I will say for those listening that don't know what workout is going to make them happy, or they don't know how to get that feeling that you're talking about, be patient because the best things in life take time. It's not just going to be an instant hit. You know, it's it's like a year maybe before you really start to deepen the practice and really get to know like what your body needs. I'm still learning every single day. Every day I get on the mat, I learn something new. And I think the day that I stop learning is the day that I'll quit because I, I love that I'm continuing to learn. And it's a good thing if you don't know what your body needs or wants or what exercise is right for you because you get to explore all these opportunities and that's the journey and that's the best part so just know that if you don't know then it's exciting like make the most of it look forward to it and if you are scrolling on Instagram find who inspires you like if you're following a beautiful woman that has like you know, a beautiful body, that's great. But like, why, what about them inspires you? And I used to teach a lot of kids dance as well. And I would sit down with them and social media was such a big thing. And, you know, I would say to them, like, name somebody who inspires you and it would be a celebrity. And then I'd say to them, that's great. But why do they inspire you? What about them? Is it because they have a routine that you, that is also helping you you know, in your day-to-day life? Is it because they're running a business? Is it because they're a nice person? Like, other than like their image, what do you like about them? And I think like rewiring our minds as to like what we're seeing on Instagram and like why, 
why we're following certain people is really important. And I think Instagram is such an amazing tool. And like, you know, for the Pilates class, it's it's brought so many people together. So I really do like social media, but I also know that it can be quite damaging and there's like a dark side to it. Yeah. But it is up to us to filter through and to, you know, just follow people who truly inspire us. Not because it's what we think we should be following, but because it's what we actually want. Well, Jackie Kingswell, thank you so much for being here. Leave us with one of your favorite resources, whether it be a fiction novel or a podcast, a meditation app. What can you leave us with? Someone who inspires me that I look up to and who helps me with my meditation is a meditation teacher named Tara Brock. And I absolutely love her. I love her teachings and I do quite a lot of her courses. So if you're looking for someone to follow, um, I would definitely recommend Tara Brock. And yeah, she has podcasts and she has meditation courses. She has books as well. So I feel like she'll cover everything. Good. Well, we will definitely check her out. I'll put her in the show notes. And um, where can everybody find you? So you can find me on the Instagram. You can find me uh, via the Pilates class. If you, it's at the Pilates class, that's our handle on IG. And then I have my personal IG, Jackie Kingswell. Thank you so much for having me. podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, and screenshot the podcast episode so that I can see that you are listening. I love to hear from you all. Send me your messages. Send me your info. Let me hear from you. Let's connect. Follow me on Instagram at Eliza G underscore wellness or the podcast at hotter than health podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and don't forget to check the show notes for some of our show sponsors like Teonan. Remember T-E-O-N-A-N.com using the code H-T-H to get 15% off of your first purchase and we will talk to you next week.